0: you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. You have a Bible this morning. I'm turning to the book of Acts, chapter 2. We're very glad for you to be here this morning, most especially glad for the good gift of God, the Holy Ghost that's here to be poured out, to be given to hungry hearts, obedient hearts you will obey from your heart, that's right here, place where you think at, feel from, your emotions and your thoughts, if you will obey from your heart the form of doctrine which we will give to you straight from chapter and verse in the Word of God, then you will have an experience of salvation that Jesus intended for you to have. I'm in Acts chapter 2, and I'd like for you to look at the very last Oh, I'm going to say three, seven words of the 37th verse. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, This was; these words were spoken by people just like you. Men and brethren, what shall we do? I simply want to preach on what you should do. You can be seated. Bible teaches that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All Scripture. There's nothing wrong with any chapter and verse. I had a, a young lady that was bagging the groceries for Sen. Fitzgerald and I, and uh, I always try to share a little something. And she said, she said, well. That little girl's talking about one of the young ladies in the church said her father must be rich. I said he is. I said he is. My God's not bankrupt. My heavenly Father's got everything we have need of. And every good and every perfect gift comes down from him. And you're not getting nothing except you get something from him. Everything else is little and nothing. And that's why if you gain this whole world and you don't get from him, What's going to benefit your soul, and your soul or your life is lost eternally, then it profits you nothing. Hear me. You want to get what God is offering from heaven. And if you believe what the Scriptures are instructing you to believe, because all Scripture is given by God, and it is a profitable thing, that Scripture, and it's profitable for you, and it will instruct you instruct you on what you should do and i want you to know the word should is used in the bible in certain verses and contexts to mean what you must do it is essential it is necessary it is vitally important that you do it it's not just some well whatever or i will when i feel like it or you know if, if I get around to it type thing. Oh, no, that's not what this is talking about here. This is ultra important. This is eternally important. This is a matter of life and death eternally. This is a matter of you spending world without end in the right place with the right one. And if you can get convinced of that, if you can get convinced of that, then we can tell you, what you should do. Many people this morning are confused. Many people this morning don't know what they should do. There are many things in life that pull on us like a tug of war, pulling one way, pulling the other way. Many times we find ourselves unsure, hesitant, or distracted. We start to do something right, and a phone call comes, and we go the wrong way. We start to come to the house of God, and somebody intercepts us, and we, instead of getting to the intended place, we wind up going to a wrong place, getting involved with the wrong thing. You know how I came to know the knowledge of the truth of the Scriptures and to do what I must do and what I should do? I was on my way and had plans made to meet up with a guy and to head out to a park, and go to some type of concert and to do some type of dope, some form of dope that I had never done. And it was nothing but God, much like the Apostle Paul, that that light shone from heaven and absolutely turned me around and got me going in the right direction. And that's what you want God to do for you. And He longs to do it for you. As a matter of fact, that's why He prepared that body of sacrifice, that flesh known as the Lamb of the Spirit, to be a sacrifice on the cross. It is a true saying that Jesus Christ came to save lost people. People. He came to save sinners and transgressors. He did not come to seek out the righteous. He did not come to find people that were whole or healthy. He came to seek the lost. The sinner, the transgressor, the down and out, the downtrodden, the mixed up, the confused, the hungry hearted, the thirsty people. He came to find the sick and the afflicted, the down and out person, the one that's at the gate and begging because they have no ability to walk, the person that is blind and desires to see. Let me tell you, your most crippling part of you is the part that can't get motored for God. Your blind part is your mind. That cannot see the truth. But the Scriptures are here to instruct you. The Scriptures are here through the preaching of God's Word to tell you what you should do to help you. I know that everybody has immediate problems. There are problems that are in your grill, and they have a tendency to uh, get our minds' attention. As the song said, you know, the rent is due. What, am I, what should I do? Or the light bill is do. What should I do? Uh, they've downsized at my job, or they've given me the pink slip, or what should I do? And I realize that it can it can sound uh, sometimes to some people, to unbelieving minds, but I'm believing that you're believing. I'm believing that there, that measure of faith that God placed in your heart is here and present today. And if you will put all of that on a nail, I'm going to hang all my problems on a nail this morning and that nail is right in that cross, and you got three choices because it was three nails, and you tell yourself, I'm going to hang my problems on the Lord, and I'm going to put that out of my mind, and I'm going to do what I should do. And what I should do is written in verse 38 of this same chapter and book, and that is I should repent, and I should be baptized right here in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and my sins will be forgiven and I should receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Get the salvation of the Lord. That's what I should do. And I really should do it because I must do it. Because Jesus said, if I don't, I will not see and I will not enter into the kingdom of God. And he comes to actually place His kingdom in you. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. He wants to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of God. And you know, the Bible teaches that when Jesus was training in the days of His flesh, training His disciples, those that would follow Him, those that would drop everything. Now, I want you to think about what kind of calling got a hold of some of these individuals that he came by. They were businessmen. They had a lucrative, profit-making business going. It was a family business. There was family involved. And Jesus came by and spoke to one in the family and said, Follow me. Oh, but i gotta, I got to pay the rent on this boat. And and the fishing tackle is expensive, and I've got nets that need to be repaired, and it's going. They're wanting a lot of money to fix that, and I've got to I've got to get out there and catch a great catch of fish so that I can sell them and make the money and pay the bills. I'm falling behind here. What do you mean drop what I'm doing and follow you? That's what I'm trying to tell you. You look at what the book teaches, what happened to them that dropped what they were doing and hung everything on a nail and put everything on the back burner and said, this is a priority. This is what I really need to do. If I can take care of this first, And he's going to take care and see to it that everything else is taken care of. Jesus, one day, in his earthly ministry, he talked to one of his disciples because he knew that one of his disciples had been knocked, his door got knocked on by the IRS. You know that's our least favorite relative. (laughs) And when the the IRS knocked on Peter's door, and he said, "Hey, it's tax time. The payout kind of tax time, not to get back tax time." And uh, and they confronted him, and they said, "You're not paying your taxes. He's your master. What's going on?" And old Peter showed up. Church that day was. like one of our little girls downstairs this morning. You know, I just had love all over that little six-year-old to get her to get her head up. Let's go to Sunday school. Everything's going to be fine. Everybody said amen. Well, you know, there's six-year-olds that do that, and there's 60 years old to do that. And then uh, I don't have Peter's age at that time, but he was down and out, and he came schlepping along, you know, just one, barely getting one foot in front of another and everything about his whole countenance and his body language was saying, oh, boy, i got a problem. And Jesus said, "Um, hey, he said, i got to ask you a little question about this tax stuff. He got Peter's attention. How does he know about that? Oh, he knows it all, you silly thing. He knows it before the foundation of the world. He saw you sit in this service before time even started. Do you understand about him, how great our God is? how mighty our God is, that He knows the beginning to the ending because He is the beginning and the ending. He is the first and the last. He is the great, almighty, only, wise, eternal God. And I'm glad that it's narrowed right down to one I don't, you know, sometimes you got to go through 37 people to get to the person you really need to get to that has the authority to do anything about your situation. But I'm telling you this morning, you don't got to go through no 37 or three people. You go into the one. The one. Hear me this morning. The Lord thy God is one. And his name above every name, every title is Jesus Christ. You need to know that. You need to believe that. You need to let him give you the revelation of that. Send his word and turn the light bulb on in your heart. Jesus said, I'll tell you what, Peter, uh, I realize that you've dropped the fishing thing. You've stepped away from all of those things that you did, sometimes for work and sometimes for pleasure. And Jesus wasn't against people working. He certainly was for it. But there are those that are called to preach. And Peter was called. And in the training, the Lord said, okay, so they've, they've had a little talk with you, and let me ask you a question or two. And and when he when Jesus got done teaching a lesson, it boiled down to the children are free. He said, but we have to be good citizens. We got to do things right. So he said, I'll tell you what, Peter. He said, I'm going to trust you that you're not going to get carried away with this. I'm going to send you on a fishing trip. He was going, oh, man, I don't know if I should get back to that. I might want to start doing all that again, whatever it might be. In this case, it was fishing. And sometimes a man in fishing, you know, that can. I, I, I told you I had a young guy the other day. He said, um, he said you, you you don't watch football? You don't, you're don't you not following football? And you live in Belgrade? I said, yeah. I said, maybe that's why God put me there. And I live two miles from the largest freshwater lake in the continental United States, and I've never fished on it. I think I only rode in an airboat on it one time. Because a student I was trying to win wanted to take me out there. You know? And he took me out there and took me back, and I was very glad to get my feet back on Tierra firma, old brother. And that's coming from an ex-pilot. Okay? I don't know what it was about that lake, but I just don't think I belong out there on that. I belong right here. This is my airplane right here. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I want to be where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I want to make that the priority. And the Lord, the Lord gave Peter he must have built up enough points you know and he said you got enough points we're going to send you on a fishing trip and he sent him down he said oh and by the way I need to give you a little instruction Peter now imagine Peter being humble enough to take a professional fisherman to take instructions from somebody but the pastor said I want you to go down and the first time you throw that hook in and the first fish you bring up he said he's going to have a coin in his mouth. Now, how many people go fishing and look for a coin in the fish's mouth? Huh? I know y'all going to be running to the lake today. How many people? Anybody here, ever, anybody here ever caught a fish? Catch any kind of fish? Even if you used a dipper and a goldfish take? Caught a fish? And did you did you go to looking in his mouth? Hey, what you got in there? Did you do that? No, you didn't do that. Come on, you know you didn't do that. You didn't do that. And Peter all the way down, I know, to the to the bank, he's fighting He's fighting the spirit of doubt because the devil's telling him, man, you're wasting your time. That guy you're hanging around, he's crazy, man. He's an imposter. You don't want to do what he says. Come on, you're going down, and you're going to put in a hook and catch a fish, and he's going to have money in his mouth? Man, you're crazy. But you know, we do things by the book, to make that clear, by the chapter and the verse, and we do things by faith. And Peter walked on down there for the first time in his life of somebody who grew up on the lake fishing. He pulled up the first fish he got, and there was a great big old piece of money in it, and he went and took care of business. I'm telling you, if you'll hang your problems on the nail and you will concentrate on what, you, what God has said you should do, what you must do. If you will narrow your focus to three things, I will repent, I will get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and I will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, then you're going to see that God's going to plant you on the rock, He's going to make you prosperous, and your bills are going to be paid. take care. You say prove that. It's very simple to prove. Jesus said all the Gentiles of the world, all the unbelievers of the world, all the heathens, all the barbarians, that's what they were known as, aliens. And uh, they go off and they chase after. And he started naming all the different things in life, chasing after all these things. And he said that's what they do. He said you don't be like that. He said you don't be like He said, don't you know that your Heavenly Father knows what you have need of? And He knows how to put a roof over your head. He knows how to put the proper clothing on you. He knows how to put food on your table. He knows how to take care of all these things. I have here, and this didn't inspire me. This came in off the cuff this morning. As a matter of fact, I got sent to the wrong place and was brought to me. And I just had a... a, uh, we had on the building program. We had a little situation with a certain company, and that company didn't do things right, and we didn't want to get in a big fuss with them. And but to fix what they did wrong, it it wound up costing us ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars. Now you in a building program. You don't need a curveball. You know, you've already budgeted the money and you've already paid them, you know, their portion. And now you get hit with something else, and it's unexpected. But I'm holding in my hand that I received this morning, about an hour and a half ago, $10,000 check. $10,000 check. Now, my God knows how to do that. And that's not the first time my God has done that. Okay? I remember the morning we were going to buy the land, everybody that went to CLC here Friday night, and we were going to buy that land, that five acres of land. And that God gave me a, a reduced price on that land. What we paid for that five acres of land on Southern Boulevard, and and uh, that morning, it was. They said we're closing tomorrow, and uh, you've got to you've got to come with the money. And that morning, at nine o'clock in the morning, God gave me two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. That morning. That morning. Okay. So I'm telling you you hang it all on a nail and you say, devil, you're not going to distract me. And friend, don't come by to take me to the club because I'm going to church and I'm going to do what I must do. I'm going to do what I should do. I'm going to do what I need to do. I need to repent. I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. I need to get all my dirt sent away and remember no more. And I need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The most joyful the most wonderful experience that anybody could ever receive, the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how my life in God started, going in the wrong direction to do the wrong thing. And that beautiful light shone from heaven, and the angels of God showed up and turned me in the right direction. And I want you to know the IRS a year later came knocking on my door, and they said, You remember you worked for so-and-so at such-and-such a place? you were the manager I said yep I remember that and uh this man just came knocking on my door looked like old regular Joe invited him in sat him down gave him a cold something drink you know iced tea or water whatever it was and that's all we would have had in there and uh I said uh yeah I remember that sure and he said well um he said the uh the owner uh has not been paying his taxes and I said oh and he said uh we want to know what your involvement was they said did you do any transactions where you didn't ring it up through the register I said no I didn't he said do you know of anything that he did or anybody else did I said no I don't I said I need to tell you something he said what's that I said my whole life has changed I said I'm not a long-haired hippie anymore and I'm not wearing boot around my neck anymore and I ain't got all that junk pierced into me anywhere any part of my body I said and I, I, I have repented of my sins and I'm baptized in Jesus' name, and I'm filled with the Holy and I'm called to preach, and I'm preaching. I said, my whole life has changed, full of good. I said, I've been away from that for over a year, you know. And he said, okay. He said, thank you. And he shook my hand. He said, you have a nice day. And I said, I will. And he went out the door. And I never saw that man again, but word got back to me that the owner of that place spent 10 years in the Atlanta Federal Penitentiary for tax evasion. You know, God knows how to come in your life at just the right time. He knows how to rescue you from the things that are trying to trap you and be guilty by association, if you please, and get yourself in one more mess at the devil lays traps. I want you to understand that my God is telling you what you should do. People cried out. This is the first day that the church has been birthed by Jesus Christ. And there they stood and they filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues or other languages as God enabled them to do so. People down below heard what they were saying, everybody in their own language. And they were so moved and so excited. Peter stands up and preaches the word of God and they hear what it says and they said, What shall we do? If there ever was a time for God to tell people what to do. That was it right there. And he did tell them what to do. He told them to repent. He's telling you to repent. He told them to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And that's what he's telling you. Nothing's changed. And he told them, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you shall. Because he said it's a promise. It's unto you, and it's unto your children. You might want to think about those children. And everybody said, praise the Lord. And everybody said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give our God a big hand clap. Come on. What shall I do? What must I do? Well, that's what you should do. We're standing together, and that's what you should do. It's not hard, and it's not difficult. The only thing that's going to make it hard is that will of yours, that flesh of yours that, you know, is thinking about what I'm going to do when I get out of here, what plans we got this afternoon and tonight, and the week coming up, or well, what problems I got, what situations I got. You know, you don't need to run to God because of your bills, you need to run to God because of your eternal bill. You got a big debt, and Jesus has made arrangements to pay it for you if you'll simply take advantage of what he's offering. If you'll do what to if you could see your eternal debt, and that without paying that debt, you're going to be in the wrong jail for all eternity with all kinds of torment going on and no escape whatsoever. And I want you to understand that that's all ready to be paid. For, uh, to your account, to for your payment to be made, for your salvation, for your place in the body of Christ. It's already made for you, and if you'll just do what you must and should do. Right. And they said, what shall we do? What should, what, do you want to, what should we do? Repent. Be baptized. In water, in the name of Jesus Christ. And receive the Holy Ghost. That's the heart. It's not hard at all. And that's all you need to do. And sometimes it's just hard for us to get us to do what we should do. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Let's take a moment and lift our Take a moment, lift off.